I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run hip hop by the numbers on Twitter. We use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I am director of the Fifth Element, where I highlight Fifth Element hip hop, which is knowledge. As we proceed, <laughs> what is that? To give you what you need. What is that? It's digging in the digits. That's what it is. Cheers, man. Cheers to one year. Cheers to one year, ladies and gentlemen. We are here on IG Live as well as recording the podcast itself. So uh, if we are, I don't know, more loose for for an episode structure than it is uh, than it is usually, um, which in that in that in that case is not very loose either. Uh, yeah, that's just what we're doing. So we are live and recording at the same time. So uh, yeah, and I'm having a bit of jack. So yeah, I was gonna have something more special, but uh, I didn't have anything. I didn't actually buy anything. So that's just how it is. I think we're breaking record right now because we're the first two people to ever look good on Instagram Live. Like everyone I see on Instagram <laughs> Live is like this, like right up against the camera. Like, hey guys, yeah, what's with the hi guys? What's, what's going with the on? Shit that you guys do, like, come on, unbelievable. Man. You. you... Some people, yeah. Sort yourself out. There's like 30 people in here. I want to look good for these 30 people. That's why I sorted my angles out. Yeah, man. I had a a quick shave. I can't wait. I can't wait to see. Clean a bit. I can't wait to see your hair grow, Charlie. Like this is very exciting for me. It's gonna be an interesting couple of months. It's it's not. It's it's not. It's not. It's not. It's gonna be. It's gonna be terrible. But anyway, with that said, we shall continue. Hi Ben, how's your week been? And what have you been listening to this week? Week's been okay. Uh, this week I got into a lot of projects, but I only talk about three. I talk about ASAP 12 first. He dropped a project called Before Noon. Now, I remember a Young Guru interview, and it was on the Combat Jack show. Rest in peace to Combat Jack. Absolute fucking legend. And Young, Young Guru said that 12 was the most lyrical artist in ASAP Mob. And it was one of his favorite rappers of all time. And this was only like 2015, 2016. And to be honest, it really gave me a bit of a surprise because I'd heard of 12 but I hadn't heard much from him musically. Like he dropped 12 in 2017 and he was on those ASAP mob tapes. But I never got hmm. the impression he was the kind of rapper who was really going to like tear down a mic. But this project is really solid. It, it builds on the storytelling of, of his previous project and his lyrics read like a unique artist. You know, he spits bars like, hopping in the center, no racuda. Know it been a minute, how you doing? Aqua blue merino, Don Shula. Nine millimeter go booya. Life so hard, need a woosa. Started up my tribe, woo-ha. Gotta thank God, hallelujah. Like, I love that, man. Like, it's really unique stuff. And... His whole album is filled with like nuanced lyrics and left turns. It's like discovering an Easter egg in every bar. And I think when I first listened, it was like a surface level listen, and I didn't really enjoy it that much. But when I actually analyzed the lyrics, uh, I loved it. It really revealed itself, and I think it's a great project. So shout out ASAP 12 FMBDZ. Uh, bro, this is another week, another fire release from... Another great Detroit artist like Michigan is killing it right now. The production on this just has mm-hmm. that. It, 
all these Michigan albums and releases have this urgent, insistent quality. There's like a lot of pianos, but they're very fast. And FMB DZ is vivid with his lyrics. It's like he's describing events in real time as they happen. I, again, I can't praise this album I've enough. I really enjoyed this. Sada Baby and uh, Rio de Young OG as well, released recently. So three great projects from Michigan recently. And then finally, Audio Push, No Rest for the Blessed. And I felt like this was a reaction to their 2018 album, Client Cloud 909, because that copped a lot of heat for being a bit too long. You know, this is a short EP. It's only six songs, but... It feels like it's full of just a bunch of different sounds and sketches. The opening track is just spitting. Then they have a joint with OT Genesis, which is a real jam. Uh, Guess Again is a gritty track, like really worthy of Joey or even Griselda. Uh, then Right Away with Eric Bellinger, which is basically a pop song. Then Securitas is energetic but gritty. And, you know, I'm not mad at them trying like a whole bunch of different sounds, but to be honest, they do it so often now. I really wanted them to do like a really cohesive project. But apart from that, it's good. Like it's a good sample of what Audio Push are capable of. But I really wanted them to really lock into a concept or something like that. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Audio Push. Like I feel like they should have blown up already. And they just haven't done it yet. But you know, maybe they will in time. I'm not sure. But I don't think this will be the EP that does it. But it's still a good listen. So, yeah, only three projects this week, but they were pretty good. What about yourself? Fair play. Um, so I'll go into one, two, three, four, five, six uh, for the week. Uh, I'll start off with Conway and the Machine and the Alchemist's Lulu. Um, so I sent, a, I sent a voice message to Ben <laughs> uh, as I was listening to it, as I was listening to a uh, guy like... Uh, Conway has this uh-huh. weird flow where like he just sounds like he's reading a shopping list. Yeah. Um, and it just happens to be bars, you know, and just happens to rhyme. Um, it's really odd, and uh, <laughs> in most cases, I don't, re- I wouldn't really enjoy that kind of thing, uh, especially that style of delivery. But you know, it's it's, it's a solid project. I'll give them that. And uh, Alchemists, obviously, you know, can't really miss uh, in terms of production. So uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty clean, pretty clean project. Uh, pretty clean project. Uh, can't complain about that. Uh, Yasmin Lacey, Morning Matters. Uh, this little EP that I just uh, clocked, and boy, this is fire. Um, like the the, sa- the sounds on here, just so uh summary and uh and just so vibrant like like when you just open open the curtains to 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 show like the morning or something like that it's, it's very it's super refreshing you know um i didn't even yeah i didn't even know her till until like i listened to this particular project and uh yeah i'm excited for what's next to me honestly because yasmin Lacey, shout out because she's on she she's she's clean she's clean from a sunrise perspective and the sounds were very jazzy um yeah it was right manly uh, heady one gang. Yeah, what do you think? Um, this is fire. So it was funny. This is fire. It, it's it's funny, right? Because like I personally, right? Um, I'm not I'm not into drill in term like constantly. You know, that's not it's not my it's not my lane. Um, and obviously, heady one's one of the uh, one of the more well known artists coming out of that uh, particular um, side of things. Uh, but obviously, this in particular was just so left field and so unlike any other not that I listen to many much drill like I said but it's very different from what I thought it'd be um and funny enough like I saw a tweet from him 
And like all the comments from his fans, I assume, was just like, go back to what you did before. And it was just like, this is fire. This is near like this. This this uh, album like has has like uh, potential to be like something different. It's actually potentially a trailblazer, to be honest. If if I'm being real, because mm. like, there's so many elements I've obviously heard before, but um, you know, it, it putting it in that case and uh, having it in just in that in that case and from that particular artist is very different. And uh, yeah, it was, it was it was super refreshing. I actually really actually really enjoyed it. Um, it's it's real, it's real great. Um, so shout out to Heady One on that. Keep doing what you're doing, honestly, because um, you know while the while the uh, drill stuff is cool, um, this vulnerability and uh, just this uh, the production. I forgot dude's name on production, but um, shout out to him because like he clearly just um, he clearly just uh, showed a vision to Heady One. It was just like. It was it was just a it was just a look. Uh Rick Flow, shout out to Rick Flow. When, when wake me up when I get home. Um new EP from him. And uh yeah man, he, he said to he said to me that he was gonna try uh over on What's Good if you wanna go guys go and listen to that as well. Um he said on What's Good that he was going he was trying to do something just experiment a little, you know, um use uh, more vocals I guess and uh, he definitely did that on uh, on this. Um, produced entirely by Tony Bone, shout out to him, uh, obviously fellow member of uh, Jungle Brown, of the group they're both in, and uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a real solid DP, um, I preferred Rise of the Phoenix, that's just me, but uh, you know, it's, it's, the, the artwork is clean, and uh, the, the vibes the vibes are nice, it's very vibey. Uh, Thundercat is what it is. Oh yeah, how'd you find it? Um, I didn't... Yeah, man. Man, I was mm. like, uh, I don't know. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Because while I, I just off the bat, I re, I prefer Drunk. Um, just, just out of the two albums, I prefer Drunk. Um, but I feel, I, I feel like this is, uh, is what it, what it should have been. I think it was a vision, um, achieved. I guess that's what it's supposed to, it, it achieved what it wanted to achieve. Like it's very, it's very somber. Yeah, you know, it's not much. It's not much. Um, you know, funny. Uh, funny moments apart from maybe like uh, the uh, I forgot the na- I forgot the name of the song but there's a whole song that's quite funny and uh, obviously that little Zach Fox uh, little Zach Fox feature was quite uh, very amusing but yeah it's a it's, it's a very somber record but also you know just has that funkiness um, uh, you know as as a funny album would have um, Black Qualls is an absolute jam um, with all those features, uh, the last track is obviously very somber and, and just brings the whole album home in terms of just him going "Hey Mac" and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so it's a super, it's a super clean album. I really enjoyed it. Um, and lastly, uh, Enemy Radio or Public Enemies, we know, but um, obviously they have to change their name for legal reasons. Uh, so it's Enemy Radio Loud is not enough. Um, this album. Like I listened to it on the same day I listened to Heady One, and um, I th- th- even though they're both in the same uh, length in terms of like timing, um, th- th- the Enemy Radio album just went super fast. It was like thirty seven minutes, but it just went super fast for me. It was just uh, it was it was just boom, 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 boom. It was just it, it didn't it didn't leave uh, it didn't waste time. You know, to, Chuck D coming in, Jahi coming in. Tell you what they want to tell you, and then they get out. It's this, you know, super clean, um, you know, very traditional public enemy. If you like public enemy, you know what you you know what you're gonna get. So um, I cannot complain for that. So shout out to Pop, uh, Chuck D and them. Enemy radio last night enough. Shout out. 
but we should get into the topic of our show, which isn't really a topic. No. It's just questions, bro. It's just one year anniversary, baby. Um, yeah, so drunk on this show. two things I wanted to start with um, before we get into uh, all the all the hot takes and all that and all the fun. Um, the first thing, uh, funny enough, it's actually Diamond D's birthday as we record. So shout out to Diamond D, who is the obviously a member of DITC, digging in the crates. Fun fact, the reason why I named this Digging in Digits is because of them. Digging in Digits, Digging in the Crates. There you go, a little, little fun fact for you guys. And the second thing, and it's kind of a question to Ben actually, um, I remember you said, I forgot when, but like a month ago, like a, a month into the show or whatever, or even at the start, to be honest, um, you were like, let me give this, uh, let, let's give this a go, uh, let's, do it for, let's do it for like until the end of the year. And we'll see where we're at. Um, I don't know where you were at that point, like in terms of just life or whatever, but it, it stuck in my head uh, at that point because uh, for for most of this, to be honest, and I was like, when we make it to a year, I want to ask him, like, uh, uh, how have we done? Because because <laughs> it was interesting when you said that. Uh, it kind of went in passing. You were just like, ah, let's, let's just see how it goes. You know, if it goes well, it goes well. If it doesn't, it doesn't whatever. So, how has it gone, Ben? I think when we started it, I mean, you came to me and I think I only had 10,000 followers on Twitter. And so... Yeah, only 10,000. So I was kind of like, well, I mean, only 10,000, but we're kind of, you know, past that a little bit now. But um, I think it's gone incredibly well because you know what? I, I didn't, you know, at first I thought, what are we going to do? Like, are we do we just want like a load of followers do we want a load of listeners do we want to blow up do we want to sell this to spotify like what do we want out of this because i think dissect was blowing up at the time and i was thinking i was trying to sell shirts at the time i was trying to monetize and i was thinking in my to myself like do i want it to be like that do i want it to be monetized but no at no point did i feel like oh we have to push this or we have to make this a commercial force or do we have to and so there was a lot of i felt a lot of pressure at first and i was like oh we'll give it a year or give it to the end of the year and we'll see where we're at and if we've got five listeners then maybe we think maybe this isn't what we should be doing but then by the time i got to the end of the year i didn't care if we had one listener or we had eleven thousand listeners like it did not bother me because this has been like one of the most important things for me in the last 12 months. Like I fucking look forward to Mondays and I listen back to our podcasts and they're great, man. They're so much fun. Like we, we, we have great banter. We talk about shit. We make jokes. We discuss random stuff. We talk about whatever the hell we want. And I just think it's a great podcast. I honestly think it's a great podcast. I listen to so much, so many podcasts and I just I think it's a great podcast. I think where we're at right now is perfect. I don't I don't know like what extra we would do or you know what I mean? Like I just I, I, it's it's just an amazing thing to have and I'm really appreciative of it. Mm. And you know a lot of people have messaged me and said that it helps them too. Like it's just calming to them or they listen to it and they enjoy it or they learn stuff that they never knew before or like the Mac Miller episode was a huge one. People message me about that all the time and they're like, I love that episode. It's a very deep episode. So mm. to me, that's the key. That's the key to this whole thing, you know? Yeah, man, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a whole ethos as it pertains to, you know, 
doing podcasts and uh and anything I do to be honest. But in particular this, it was just um um I said this to you before, but it's like it, it was really just off the fly. Um I initially had a second podcast in in the works at that point. Um but it fell through. Um and then like I just saw a couple of retweets uh, from uh, just people that I follow, and they just kept uh, uh, retweeting your stuff, and I was just like, "That's kind of cool." Um, and yeah, it just sounded it just sounded decent in terms of um, what it could be in terms of uh, if I try to put it in audio. And uh, yeah, you know, it's just it just it's just what it was. Um, it was just really a, a spur of the moment kind of thing. It was just like a don't ask, don't get kind of thing. Um, so yeah, you know. Other than, other than that, so you know, I'm always, I'm always, uh, I'm always a person who doesn't like you know look for the the platitudes, I guess, even though that would be fun to have, but kind of uh, you know you can't try it, you can't base your whole ethos on that kind of stuff, because uh, if that shit runs out, <laughs> you'll be going do lally. Yeah, you fucked. <laughs> you fucked. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you know. It's uh, regardless of that, you know, it's it's it's, it's all good, and um, I'm ha- I'm happy. So, uh, you know, I'm happy we gave it a year, and uh, you know that, uh, <laughs> and that it can that it has potential to go further. So, you know, all right, swapping this out of the way, let's have some fun, and um, right. let's get into some hot takes, questions, and all of that, all of that, all of that. All right, let's do it. So, I wanted to start one. Um, I I just wanted to give one, and uh, it was kind of it was kind of fast because uh, it's just, it's just it's just simple. It's just simple. So shout out to Amara um, on the Five E Discord. Uh, he gave me a few, but I just wanted to. I just wanted to get like. Uh, I just wanted a one fat one, uh, and he gave me one. So the statement is: two pack is overrated. Go. Yeah. See, I got this question too. Shout out to the person who asked that question. Uh bro. Two-pack is not overrated, okay? I don't understand where this comes from. I know this is kind of like revisionist history, and all of a sudden, Tupac is not in people's top five. I understand mm. what the criticisms of Tupac is, because I actually did the whole... I went down the Hennessy enemy path, and I counted every single time he rhymes Hennessy with enemy, and every time he uses oh, really? Hennessy. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a lot, but it's not a, an incredible amount. But I was going... Like, mm. you know, obviously, I had to go through his lyrics to do that. And I do understand that he's not the most lyrical artist in the world. You know, he's not on Biggie's level. He doesn't have the greatest flow ever. He doesn't switch his flow up all the time. He's not the most technical MC. But he's not overrated at all. The energy and the emotion in his voice and the passion that he raps with, you can't tell me you listen to to Pimp a Butterfly and you think that's a classic album and then you don't like Tupac. That's ridiculous. Kendrick Lamar mm. explicitly says mm. that album is Tupac. Like, he has him on the, at, the, at the end of Mortal Man. Like, he's not overrated. I, I'm really frustrated with this opinion. It's like he's an incredible, incredible artist, and he's just been a very powerful cultural touch point. Like, he's not... I just don't think he's overrated. I don't know. I think it's the lyrical thing. I think people think he isn't that lyrical, and that's why they're saying that he's overrated. Yeah, I mean, it's deeper than that, isn't it? It's just the whole, the whole, the whole comeback is just like it's deeper than that. <laughs> it's deeper than rap. Um, you know, we love to do this constantly. You know, with every every other, um, with every rapper, and uh, you know, try and 
you know, make top 50 lists and all that stuff. You know, we did, we did that for a fair bit um, at the end of the every year. But, you know, it's deep, when it comes to Tupac, it's deeper than that. The reason why people rate him so high is because it's, it's, it's deeper than that. Like, so it's, it's not just what he says. And we could get into what he says and, you know, just there's gems everywhere. Like, he just drops gems like his, um, like he's taking a piss. But, you know, um, past that and, demeanor, uh, where he came from, there was a shout out to Tyler Kweli, um, you know, his, on his show, People's Party, he had uh, Chuck D on recently, and he was like, uh, they were talking about Tupac, because um, Chuck D and Public Enemy won the first people um, to, well, first groups to have, like, local acts on their tours, so um, whenever he, whenever they went to, you know, the Bay, they put MC Hammer on, whenever they went to... Um, uh, 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 Seattle, they go, they put on a so mix a lot. That was the reference he gave, and he knew Tupac from when he was carrying bags for Digital Underground. So you know, and this is so. I think with Tupac, the, the reason why people think he's, I guess, people think he's overrated is because what you said. You know, it's just not um, obviously uh, in terms of bodies of work. And we did talk about this in terms of posthumous albums. You know, that kind of I think dilutes it sometimes. Yeah, that's the revision. Um, seeing history. that there's so much of it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, they see all these al- they see all these posthumous albums, they're and like, they maybe listen to them, and they're just like, "Oh, this is trash. Oh, why, why do people why do people write Tupac? What's going on?" So you know, it's it's not it's, it's not it's not like that. <laughs> it's, it's you're seeing it wrong. But you know, it's all about perspective on that front. But yeah, Tupac is not overrated. So yes. All right. That's my response. Do you want to have another question or do you want me to ask one? Uh no, go feels. Um okay, someone just asked me uh who's who's the goat and why is he Jay-Z? So <laughs> I don't know do you feel that you feel like he's the goat, the objective goat, don't you, Charlie? Objectively, yes. I've I've conceded on that front. Um I just think it's not really debatable on the objective front subjectively in terms of my taste no but objectively i yeah i but you know it's, it's just it is what it is to be honest it's not really much to explain it's jay-z so yeah i mean someone, question, though, someone, yeah. someone asked me yesterday when i posted that picture on ig of like all my jay-z because i'm a jay-z stan i've got fucking best of both worlds on cassette that's a stan that's a fucking stan so Someone said you're pronouncing Kanye wrong. <laughs> no, so so they asked me why I love Jay-Z, like why I got into him. I first heard O3 Bonnie and Clyde, and it was the first hip-hop song I'd ever heard like on TV. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Listened to Blueprint 2, thought it was great, but I wasn't a massive fan until Moment of Clarity. And uh, what he said, truth be told, if skills sold, I would probably be Talib Kweli. Truthfully, I want to rhyme like common sense, but I did five mil. I ain't been rhyming like common since. When your sense got that much in common and you've been hustling since, your inception, fuck perception, go with what makes sense. Since I know what I'm up against, we as rappers must decide what's most important and I can't help the poor if I'm one of them. So I got rich and gave back to me. That's a win-win. Like, ah. As soon as I heard that... You clearly have the lyrics uh, pulled up, by the way. I do not have the lyrics pulled up. I do not. Do you want to see... Oh, come on, bruv. Bro! <laughs> who, who... No, you tell me who can't recite that. And then I'll say that's not a hip-hop fan. Okay. That, that, all right, fine. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Like, you know, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not one to... 
<laughs> I'm not one to um, uh, cause doubt on you. Like no, you no, no. Me, I can but, wrap that um, word. Know, I can wrap that word for word. A, um, but yeah, a great, uh, a great question um, that came that came through on the IG. Uh, uh, I think it was from a guy called Help Me Army College. Great word. A uh, great name. Um, if not Jay Z, then who is? That's a great question. Because the thing about the goat, we always talk about number one. Who's number two? The thing about the goat status is it's so much deeper than just being commercially successful or being the best rapper or being making the best songs. Like there's so much more to it. There's the business side to it. There's the philanthropy. There's like giving back to the culture. You know, he's created an entire label. Like Jay Z's getting people out of prison. You know, there's just it's hard. Like you you think of Diddy. You could think of Diddy. Um, you could think of, you know, it's hard. Like, who else is in that category? Dr. Dre, not so much, because he's on the low. Dr. Dre's on the low. Um, Eminem, you know, we know Eminem's just a bit of a recluse. Uh, Drake, obviously. You just know everyone's screaming Kanye, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know Kanye's a great... Kanye's you're, a, just, you're just swerving. <laughs> Kanye's the greatest artist in hip-hop history, but he's not the GOAT. There's, there's better, you know, people have done more, but... Yeah, I, I, who would be number two? You'd have to say Diddy, but I don't know. What about Akon? Akon's done a lot of stuff, man. I know he's not a rapper explicitly, but Akon's Akon's been doing some stuff behind the scenes. You have an interesting train of thought here. Um, Why not Diddy? Where you're, you keep wh- you keep screwing your face up at Diddy. Yeah, because <laughs> nobody calls him the goats. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's an interesting train of thought you have here, where it's like you're t- you're, you're talking about because everyone here on the IG right now is talking about you know you got Kanye, Black Thought, Andre, and all that stuff. That's the best. And everyone's rapper talk- of everyone's all thinking time. about the music, right? Yeah. There we go. There you go. Diddy. Yeah, but the exactly. goat, so like-, like the goat of hip hop, like the person who's done the most. I understand what you guys are saying. I totally understand. Diddy can't rap. I I personally can't. Fuck with that dude. But that's why we is that not why we agree? But that's why we do Jay. Yeah. Is that not why but, we but, say but but Jay but, but Jay has a catalogue, right? I'm I'm not like Diddy for me has like two songs that I'd actually fuck with. I'm just being real. You know what I mean? And we talked about it on one episode a couple of a couple of episodes ago, saying like, you know, how we outsource basically like um how he outsourced hit most of his production, like to just the hit the hit makers. So you know, it's not it wasn't him. He EEP'd it and he knew what he wanted. In that case, he was more of a director. But like, yeah, I, I, it's, I, I get you. On, I get you. Train of thought, and I understand where you're coming from. It's just so weird saying. I guess the the reason. Say did he? No, I understand. Say did he? The reason. So I'm basically, saying... we're just going off the hip hop kings, uh, hip hop cash kings. That's basically what we're doing here. But what I'm trying to say is like. I'm trying to figure out who could be a goat because Eminem or like Black Thought, etc. Like there are rappers who are you know on that level lyrically, but then they're not on that lyric that level of like giving back to hip hop and what they've done and and you know yeah. creating their own record label and putting people on and getting people out of prison. So then I go to Diddy because I'm like, well, Diddy does the external stuff. Like I think Jay Z's the goat because he's the greatest rapper of all time. Plus he's the greatest at all the external stuff. So I don't know how you could, like, I don't know if there's a number two. I'm trying to work out who a number two is. I don't know that there's anyone close to that. I, I, I posted on Twitter the other day. I'm like, before this toot, Tootsie slide or whatever that Drake song came out, I was like, Drake is a possible. He could put himself in that category if he focused more on his label, if he started spreading his wealth around. And he started making quality, like really quality music. I don't, I'm not saying that he doesn't make great commercial music, 
But you know what I'm trying to say? Actually, someone just said Cole. J. Cole is a good good shout because J. Cole's on that path, man. J. Cole's got Dreamville. Yeah. That's a great shout. That's a really great shout. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, but we, we, can, we can go to another one. Uh, All no, right. Just, it, it was just interesting. I, I just had to get the, the train of thought out of the way. <laughs> and I just had to get... Everyone's just like talking about rapper. It's just like, it's like we're, not, we're not just talking about that. We're talking about the whole whole thing. And like, I just but, had yeah, to get cancelled by everyone in my rappers live. Rappers sorry. obviously very... Rappers easy to do, you know what I mean? I like, We can all do top five rappers, but like if we do the whole thing, you know, it's, it's, it's different. It's an interesting conversation. So, uh, you know, maybe for another episode. That's that's a good topic for an episode. All right. This is a good one. I've got a, I've got a lot. Someone said, what do you want the future of hip-hop journalism to look like? We had this... We had, we didn't have. I don't think we had this conversation fully. Um, we might have like uh, touched upon it when we're talking about the je- journalism, hip hop journalism thing. But like, I don't think we talked about the future. No. That's actually a great shout. Um, it's hmm. That requires some thought. Um, the future of hip hop journalism. You know, I feel like uh, most of journalism is going further and further um, into non-written mediums and i think we can all see that um where it's not just like um where it's not just like people writing up articles and while i value you know a good written article um probably more than most uh most of the most of the good stuff in terms of just like um in terms of getting a point across or just like um dropping dropping gems just dropping knowledge and stuff like that some most of it is very visual and uh you know can be done in a podcast like um you know you talk you mentioned dissect you know and that's that's one of the best ones out there right now um uh mogul um was uh, was one uh, that uh, I've done two series of that there was one called slow burn uh that covered like uh, the biggie two pack uh, beef you know that that was and that was very in depth hence why it was called slow burn so you know it's um i i feel like the future hip hop journalism is just not is going to be not just written stuff and maybe all the written stuff unfortunately just might be the very cookie cut stuff like um you know that ben loves to complain about every day <laughs> bro people you know yesterday um i think one of the one of the accounts tweeted out uh little uzi vert's eternal take deluxe album is off spotify and then five minutes later hey wait it's back up and i felt like replying Hey, maybe your fucking Spotify was just glitching, you idiots. That is not fucking content. <laughs> Give me a break. That is not content. So I don't have a huge, I don't have a huge amount of uh, optimism for hip hop journalism in the future because I think these accounts that we once loved and adored, like Double XL, The Source, Genius, even you know, they're just yep. going down that cookie cutter, totally like. You know, little Uzi Vert once tweeted out, "Oh, I haven't had sex in two years," and everyone fucking posted it as if it was content. You know, that's to them, that's journalism. Yeah. That's they're reporting on news. But I, I just see that as really sad. That the reason I started Hip Hop Numbers was I wanted to bring more objectivity into hip hop journalism because I saw a lot of people throwing opinions around and not a lot of facts backing them up. And I thought to myself, you know, I used to work for a review website, and I thought like. Why the fuck would anyone want to listen to me talk about hip hop? Because I'm just some white guy from Sydney. I don't. I don't have any trust capital. I don't. I'm not of the culture. You know. I, I don't deserve to be speaking on hip hop. But when I thought about it, I'm like, well, how can I bring something extra to hip hop that no one else has brought before, or something extra that like 
would give me a little bit of trust capital. And that was just literally to just count and, and discover stuff that was already there, but no one had discovered before. And so I really liked that angle of journalism. And I really thought that it would get picked up a little bit more. It does a little bit. Like people do come to me and ask me to write for them. But for some reason, I think Charlie, you said it last week, it's like people value subjectivity a lot more than objectivity. And I think that is true because we agree there are three ways that people engage with journalism and content in general. They want to have their opinion confirmed. They want to be really upset that someone disagrees with their opinion or they want to learn something new. And that third one, that third one is the one that I want to do. But I think it's very rare that people actually want to engage with that. That's a rare because it, it takes time and effort. And I think Shrek said before, attention in just then, that attention spans are really low. And I think that's the problem. I, I want to see hip-hop journalism move more towards a fact-based and less about this like posting tweets from people and, and just like random pointless shit. But I don't know where it's going to go, man. I, I don't know where it's going to go in the future, unfortunately. Yeah, good question. Um, I think it requires a lot of uh, thought, that one, to be honest, in terms of just, like, trying to think about stuff. But, yeah, no, it's, you, you make a good point, I think. Um, I think we both know, like, the worst-case scenario, and, uh, you know, it could possibly go down that road, uh, but hopefully it doesn't. So, uh, you know, fingers fingers crossed, as always. Well, let's go... Next. Let's pivot into this one, because this is related. How do you think TikTok is going to change the industry? I could not care less. <laughs> Bro, you're going to care. You're going to have to care because this is going to change the I, industry. Well, you know, we said this about, you know, Vine back in the day. And I understand TikTok allows more variety and more length. And obviously it doesn't have the gimmick of six seconds and that's it. So, you know, obviously it's a bit different from the Vine. Um, but... It's going to change music. It's 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 going. To, I don't. I think it will in terms of just like the 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 cream, the the, the tip top, like, and it might just be another. It's just going. You know what? It's it's just going to be another form of market. That's all it is. Of it's course, like yeah. instead of I saw like a I saw like a, a a thread from like um some marketing place. Um, there was like describing uh, and really putting in detail, like breaking down how Lil Nas X got Old Town Road up to where, it, up to the stratosphere, right? And he basically just, you know, utilised meme culture and stuff like that and just kept, like, throwing the songs in here and there. And, you know, that's basically what TikTok is, is now. Obviously, you mentioned, uh, someone mentioned Drake, and, you know, it's just it's, it's the same with the fucking slide whatever it's called you know so it's, it's it's the same thing you know he made that song specifically just for yeah. that and it's not even hiding it at this point That's it's the worry. like it's just it's just and the thing that pisses me off about that not to get too deep into it like into the hate oration but um bro you're you're already you're already on top of the world you don't this you don't need to do this right this there's no, no need for it but do you you know i understand if like you know like a i don't know like a Kodak Black or whatever, like did it, you know what I mean? It's just if if an artist like either established but it's fallen off a little, or just a nice someone to come up, you know. I know I interviewed Nice a couple of years ago, and um, I followed him now, like and just uh, just in general terms, you know, he's he's you they him and his team are utilizing, you know, IG marketing and you know Twitter and stuff like that, you know, and you know the game on that front. But yeah, TikTok's just gonna be another 
another phase of it, I guess. Um, obviously, just a more interactable uh, way of doing it. And, you know, it's, it's virality, man. It's, it's virality. It's the same as YouTube back in 2007. Um, it's the same as Vine back in 2013, whatever it was. It's, um, but, yeah, with, with that said, you know, it will either become YouTube... Or Vine, so we'll, 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 we'll. and at the moment it's in the middle, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, and uh, I'm I'm never getting on TikTok. It's not gonna happen. All my friends are like, you should get on happen. TikTok. I'm like, no. You know what people just yep. people were saying just then? It's like it's not gonna affect real rap, and I agree. Like we spoke about this on one of our episodes about how hip hop is becoming a lot more towards pop in the fact that. Rather than lyricism and telling stories via lyrics, people are telling stories via emotion. And the final step from that to pop is when pop music... So pop music creates like a blank canvas, right? And then you project your emotions onto it. And then you feel connection to that song. Because you're like, oh my god, they're speaking about me. But not really. They're creating something very bland that a wide range of people can project their emotions onto. Now, I feel like there will be a subset or a subgenre of hip-hop that exists on this pop level, and I think they will engage. Drake exists on that level. A lot of Drake's music is, I'm going to create something quite, not bland, but like very open-ended, so you can feel like I'm speaking to you, and I'm going to feel like a million people feel like I'm speaking to them. Compare that to Griselda, and Griselda is speaking to like 4,000 people that come to their show who have experienced what they're experiencing, a very small amount of people compared to Drake. So I think with TikTok, it's just going to enhance this divide between that pop level of hip-hop and just the rest of hip-hop. As Shrek said, like TikTok doesn't really fit lyrical rap. It just doesn't. Like how how is that going to work? You know, it's, it's, it's danceable. It's like, it's, I don't know, man, like, I think people are going to get really upset about it because I think it's going to start affecting start affecting the artists that we see every day. So we're seeing Drake in the mainstream media every day because he makes a lot of money. So I think we're going to see it and be bombarded by it and we're going to be scared because we're going to be like, oh man, this is really ruining hip-hop. But in actuality, it's only going to change main, like people at the top of mainstream hip-hop and the rest of hip-hop is not... I don't think it's really going to be affected by it, to be honest. Yeah, it's just it's just gonna like if you want to get to the top, you're gonna have to do that. And but with that said, it's the same with a lot of other things. Um, I can't think of any right now. But like, there's there's a lot of things that like, uh, well, signing to a label's one. <laughs> you know, that's, that's that's one for for some people. Like signing to a major label, that's a big step for in, into getting to that top echelon. Um, so yeah, if, if, if they want to, it's just another step stone in terms of that. It's just another, it's a, it's another, it's another bullet in the gun. If, if you want to go mainstream, you have to have a TikTok. If you want to go mainstream, you have to do this, you have to do that, mm. you know, and you know, most, and some artists don't do that. They just make the music and it's completely fine. So that's sort of, sort of, sort of, it is. but anyway, all right. Um, interesting. Interesting. This is a good question. Um, how does an artist's controversial personal character such as Kanye affect your enjoyment of that person's music or art? Interesting people say Kanye, right? Because I actually had this conversation. Shout out to Omar again. We actually had this conversation briefly um, of how, like, Kanye hasn't changed a bit, right? He hasn't changed. We, we can all agree, right, that he hasn't changed since college dropout, right? So I mean, why is it now? It, it, because because 
no, he hasn't really changed, but the manifestation of of his personality and where it's because he's it's at, affecting the music now. That's why <laughs> it's affecting the music, but also now he's. I mean, the, the the Trump stuff was just out of control. Like that's ridiculous. Like you can't. You know, that's that's different from Kanye because you know he was on TV saying George Bush doesn't care about black people, and then he's the MAGA hat guy. You know, that's a that's a <laughs> big difference, I think. Yeah. So I think that's why people are struggling with it now. I, You know, a lot of yeah. people say to me, if the music's fire, I don't care. Like, I have a theory about this because it doesn't affect, you know, I, I might be one of the only people or I might be wrong in the, or a lot of people might feel like I'm wrong in, wrong in this, but their personal character does not affect the way that I interact with the music. It just doesn't, right. you know, I might not fuck with you as a person, but I'm still going to consume your art. And I've gotten a lot of people, especially people around me, especially with XXX, you know, who are like, I'm never listening to XXX again. And I said, you know, I understand why you wouldn't do that. And I'm not agreeing with the way he acts, like, you know, the alleged behavior, if that if that was true. Of course, I don't condone that, but I'm still going to interact with his music. And right. for some reason in my brain and my psyche, I'm able to separate and it just doesn't it doesn't affect my the way I listen to the music, but a lot of people aren't, you know, that they're, they're not going to fuck with an artist if they don't fuck with them as a human, you know. And I, I respect that. That's totally, I totally understand that, and that's your right, one thousand percent. Yeah, um, it's the same with a lot of walks of life. Um, you know, if you want to reference like something like a NFL, you know, they have a lot of players that have like committed, you know domestic violence like genuine crimes right but you know as soon as they as soon as they uh you know claim that they're you know uh, they get through that little rough patch they get signed to a two-year deal some million dollars you know what i mean so if if you if you're if you're talented it's, it's, it's in the same in the same vein as sport um in pretty much any walk of life to be honest to be, uh you know if you're good at what you do People overlook shit. That's 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 pretty much it. And it's the same with it's the same with hip hop. It's the same with music. Like if you're good at what you do, if you if you create bangers, if you make the best tunes, um, then you could you know I'm not saying you could do what you like. It's obviously not you know free pass. Um, there's a line to everything, but we allow a lot of shit. So you know it's just. This is how it is, and sometimes you just don't want to let, don't want you just choose not to let it, um, you know, dim your interest in whatever it is. You know, people love the NFL. Well, Americans love the NFL, and they get in, you know, whatever, whatever the, the, the this pl- player X does. If they slap their wife about, if they, you know, if they uh, d- d- drive drunk or whatever, and, and and kill a person in the process. As long as they can catch a ball or get that tackle in, it's all good. <laughs> and it's the same with hip. It's the same with hip hop. Like if they if they deliver the goods, there you go. Great shout. Where does R. Kelly fall into this? Okay, that's there. A you go. Beast. There's the line. There's the line. That's the. There's beat. the line. The line is R. Kelly. There you go. So R. Kelly. No. All the shit he did. Yeah. That's the line. That's the line. <laughs> there that's, you go. That's crazy, right? Because R. Kelly. If is you have the line. decades of yeah yeah. <laughs> 
That's the line. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. There you go. Fuck. All right. There yeah. you go. We found we found the line. We found the line. After all these years, we found the line as it pertains to music. So you know, it's just it, it's just it's just how it is on that front. It's just um, it's a flaw in our human nature. You know, um, you know, and we can get into cancel culture and all that, but it's not because trick. Um, someone asked if KOD is Cole's worst project, as Twitter seems to think, and I think it is. I think it's his worst project. I don't think it's a bad project. I think that he, I, I respect Cole so much because I think he always tries something different. You know, on his first project, I think he was trying to hit the radio. I think he was trying to blow up commercially. Um, yeah. And I, I, it's not that I didn't respect that. It's just that's what he was trying to do at the time. You know, that's what you had to do to make it. And I think it was a good project. It didn't age well, yeah. It didn't age well, but I thought it was a good project. And then Born Sinner I yeah. thought was incredible. A lot of people don't like Born Sinner, but I really, really love Born Sinner. I think the production on that is the best of his career, in my view. Then Forest Hills Drive was, a great, and again, a great project. For Your Eyes Only, to me, is a classic I'm just going to say I think it's a classic album. Um, the concept, the storytelling, the way he dives into that, the last track. When you listen to that last track, that blows my mind. I was like, what? When I first listened, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, that was incredible. KOD, I think he tried something. I think he was authentic in what he was trying, but I don't think he had 100% experience in what he was talking about. And I just think mm. he was trying to... Uh, it It was like he was straddling the gap between... I'm trying to sound like the new school, but I'm also trying to do something different. And I was just kind of like, man, just do just do something different. Don't worry about the new school. Don't try and do the triplet flow or the trap beats. Like, if you don't want to do that, it just... It felt like he was forcing it a little bit. And I'm not saying it's a bad project. It just... It wasn't up to the standard that he'd set so far, you know? Yeah, uh, shout out to Haddy. Um, he said, uh, "Artists aren't perfect; they're human after all. We tend to forget." So, uh, their actions outside music shouldn't affect the listening experience. Well said. That's a good point. That's, that was on the previous uh, 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 topic. So, um, yeah, that's a good. That's a good wrinkle. Um, so, we're actually going to do a J Cole episode once he releases the fall off at some point. Uh, whenever that, whenever that comes. Um, but yeah, it's a toss up for me between Cole World and Kod. Um, I felt like KOD was like, um, I feel like the, 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 what's the word? The mission statement of the album, um, you know, being really meta and just like, you know, having all these trap beats and, you know, talking about the stuff that other rappers talk about, you know, and he did them interviews with like Lil Pump and them. And he did the Everybody Dies uh, track, and you know, it was it was all I get it, I got it, right? I just think it was just like so overt, it just made the album. Is derivative the words like it's some it's it's it just made it just didn't really it hit the mark, but it didn't hit the mark basically, if that makes any sense. Um, you know, Cold World obviously was just like you said, it was just like um, you know, shoot for the a shoot for the mainstream. And you know, I can't I can't hate on that. Um, you know, obviously he found his way later on. Uh, you know, after that, which is good. Um, but yeah, it's a good it's a good shout. It's a good shout. Yeah, I, you I'm know, for me, it's you know, I'd 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 have to listen to them both again. 
you know, in terms of like back to back. Like, if I really wanted to, tr- really cared about this opinion much. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd say it's, it's either that or Cold World. Yeah, it's a good shout. Uh, someone asked, uh, this is a different kind of question, um, how to transition from having a following on Instagram and Twitter into a decent income. Now, a lot of people have asked me, step back. a lot of people have asked me this question. It's really fucking hard is what I'm going to say. What I'm going to say is that being an influencer on Twitter or Instagram you basically have to be an entrepreneur. You have to have two sides to you. You have to do the Instagram and the Twitter stuff and then the entrepreneur side, which means you're going out, you're looking for people, you're trying to chase down people so that you can get paid for your content. Like, I feel like you need a manager. I really feel like you need a manager because the amount of outlets who fucking didn't pay me for like months after I wrote an article for them or, you know, I I don't do sponsored content on Twitter and Instagram. So people ask me if I can promote their stuff and get paid for it. And I say, I, I mm. never, I've never done that before because I much prefer to get money from record labels and outlets. But even that is fucking challenging. And the thing about it is that I have really unique content. So it's a little bit different where if you're just a, an account with a lot of followers, you can't sit, what I'm trying to say is you can't sit and wait for people to come to you. They will come to you But if you're going to make a livable income out of that, you have to grind. You have to hustle. You have to be out there looking for... The the best thing is finding managers of artists. So if you can find a manager of an artist on Twitter or Instagram and DM them and say, look, I've got X amount of views, I've got X amount of followers, and I want to work with you and I want to promote your artist because I really like them, they're the ones that are going to have the ear of the record label. They're the ones who are going to be able to help you get into that budget and then, then you can start building those relationships. But you're going to have to hustle. It doesn't come to you. A lot of people think that you get 100,000 followers and then everyone just comes to you and asks you to promote them. Those people will come to you, but they're just rappers with like 20 bucks. And they say, hey, I've got $20. Can you post me on your IG story? And you might get you know 15 of those a week. And it's yeah. not enough money. Like $300, it's not enough money. It's not enough money. So it's very difficult. And I would say... Don't expect to earn a livable income from Instagram and Twitter until you've got... Instagram's a bit better. If you've got 100,000 followers on Instagram, that's more, way more marketable than 100,000 on Twitter. Way more marketable. Um, so I would say 100,000 minimum on Instagram and maybe two to 300,000 on, on Twitter, but you're going to have to go out there and hustle and find that money because it's not going to come to you. So it's challenging. Someone also asked that about the podcast as well. Uh, like how do you turn a podcast into money? Again, it's very difficult because if you think about it, Mark, like the, the if you have content that people want to buy, that is significantly more valuable than being a marketing tool. I guarantee you that. Like I could write an article for uh, Universal. I wrote an article for Universal. It took me 10 hours to write and I got paid $700. Uh, the thing I did with Complex with Kid Cudi, that took me a long time, but I got a lot of money for that, a fuckload of money for that. So that's content that I'm selling. But if Complex came to me and said, hey, can you do a promoted post and we'll pay you based on how many clicks it gets, that's a tiny amount of money, man. You're not going to make much money out of that. So if you have content that you can sell, that is significantly more valuable than just being a marketing tool. So yeah, hopefully that answered a little bit. You got to grind, man. You got to hustle. You got to be an entrepreneur. You got to get out there and 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 put yourself out there. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, let's see. What have we got here? Okay, this is a good one. I like this one. You get broken up with, and you can only pick one discography. Are you going with Frank Ocean or The Weeknd? I mean, I haven't listened to The Weeknd's entire discography, so kind of de- unless you want to change it up for me. But uh, yeah, it's kind of default Frank Ocean for me. So. I mean, you can pick. Oh, I don't have any. I don't have any emotional entanglement to The Weeknd. So you could pick someone. Who would you pick? Uh, in that realm. Uh, I don't know, bro. <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of one. I can't think of anyone on top of my head. Like, Charlie's, uh, Charlie's only had great relationship breakups, very healthy ones. He's just like always, just he's fine after. I mean, yeah. I like you have. I'm looking like, <laughs> respect, man. Uh, it's uh, not, not the you know of you know not the bridges have been burnt. Let's not get it twisted. But like you know, it's, it's, it was it wasn't hellfire and people throwing shower my room. So yes. Yeah, just saying. <laughs> well, I think I got I got different answers for this. I think if you have a mature breakup where you both agree that it's not working, it's not progressing, it's not the right fit, Frank Ocean is where you need to go because he's a very grown, mature artist. If you have a toxic breakup where your partner cheated on you or they're a narcissist or you're a narcissist or something, you know, you cheated on them, uh, the weekend is where you need to go, but you know what the album I've found the best at getting over like those kind of breakups is "Get Rich or Die Trying" by Fifty Cent. It's just so it's so fucking confident and powerful. He's just like fuck everybody. I'm the greatest. So I just go. I used to go to that man. I would put that on and be like, it'll make me feel like a million dollars. If we're talking about breakup music, like I think for me it's like soul music from just like back in the day, like just Marvin, Al Green, stuff that's like just that. Gonna I, make I don't me, think I, I don't think hip hop's my man. lane for that kind of stuff. That's gonna make um, me cry. Listen to Marvin, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no. But for me, it's like it make it makes you face it. You know what I mean? It's it's like it hits you with it. It, try, it makes you think. You know what I mean? So you know and. Yeah, so uh, and you know, the the song slaps. So, <laughs> so you know, it's 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 great music in itself. But yeah, no, I, th- I think that's I think that's usually the route I'd probably go down to. Um, just just face it, man, and just you know, just take your head on and go through the storm and all that all that stuff. It's very mature of you, Charlie. Very mature of you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> someone, uh, Caleb asks, "What does it take for one to become a legend?" I feel like it's being thrown around too much now, especially when an artist passes very, away. It's a very broad question. <laughs> well, coming from two legends, um... <laughs> hey man, just relax <laughs> over there. I'm humble. You gotta just chill out. <laughs> um, I don't know. This is this is the same with like our goat conversation we just had. Like, obviously, everyone was talking about you know rapping and like, the artistry, and you obviously you took it to the whole uh hold. Uh, every every part of being Never a, dragged a, for that. a person a person in the music industry, this is kind of broad as well. Like you know, yeah. there's there's cult legends, there's legends that we all know about, there's legends that we don't know about. Um, so yeah, this is I think it's a there's a lot of criterion when it comes to that in terms of just like if you want to become a legend in something like, and it's the same. It's a similar to it links to the conversation you were having. You know, when, when we're talking about um you know marketing on twitter or instagram and stuff like that like 
it it depends on what you fit what you class as success you know what i mean so um what 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 do you class as a legend that's pretty much what i i, I answered the question with a question what what do you what do you class as a legend to be honest so um i think yeah. i think it has to be taken on a case by case basis you know people were critical exactly. of mac being called a legend but to be 100% honest he's a legend like if you look at everything he's done and how much he was respected within the industry, how much people loved him, how much he meant to his fans, his musical ability, his rapping ability. like. And I think the reason why people get frustrated or upset when someone passes and they're called a legend, there's this theory in like psychology, and it's actually a theory in uh, you know accounting and stuff like that, like going concern. And it's like, everything assumes that everything will continue in the direction it's already going like it's just a human Mm -hmm. trait and then all of a sudden something happens and then we start thinking deeply like this is a great example the pandemic and all of a sudden you're like holy shit i never realized how much i took for granted so i think the reason why people get like that is because they assume that an artist is just going to live they're just going to be still alive they're going to continue on and when they pass a lot of people take it and they're like, oh my gosh, this this artist actually meant a lot and meant a lot to a lot of people. And yeah, I I don't think it's that these artists aren't legends. I think they're legends. I just think, you know, we assume that they're going to live forever and when they pass, we start looking at their career. You know, think of all the artists who, God forbid, would pass right now and then they'd be, you'd think like, oh my gosh, like that artist was a legend. Like... It would happen a lot. And as Charlie said, there's a lot of different ways you can define a legend. It's not so much about sales or, I don't know, it's not so much about critical acclaim or how many Grammys they've won. Uh, It's way deeper than that. And I don't think to become a legend, like there's so many different ways to become a legend. Like people talk about Nipsey a lot and get a little bit critical, you know, a little bit critical that, that people call Nipsey a legend. I can't, bro. Nipsey is a fucking legend. Like I went through his discography for this this paper in America. This uh, this professor was doing this paper on um, in African American studies, and I went through every bar that he's ever spit on wax. And I can't. I I, I have to say he's a legend. His energy, his power, his vibe, uh, the way that he spoke about what he went through and what the people around him and his community went through and how he lifted them up with him like that's legendary man and you might think oh victory lap wasn't that great and only went number four on the the billboard 200 and i have never listened to it again it's way deeper than that as charlie mm. said it's, it's not so much just about commercial success or charting songs or you know billions of views on a video or you know there's so much artists do behind the scenes that we're not privy to and if you go through their lyrics sometimes it's very powerful so yeah i think it's very hard to say what defines a legend, um, but usually when an artist passes, I actually think that's probably when people are most truthful about them, and you most understand why a legend is called an uh, uh, sorry why an artist is called a legend. Yeah, for sure. Um, and if you have tattoo to that, to be honest, it's just like um, uh, it 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 depends on the it depends on the testimony of the people around them. Like you know the the fact that uh, Thundercat like after all this time and he's still and he dropped an album and the last song just like he just shouts out Mac's name at the end of at the end of it. Like, you know, it just 
It's just, it's just, it just depends. In terms of death, obviously, that um, depends on the written, on the testimony of others. Um, in terms of living, um, you know, it's just like uh, uh, it, it kind of goes back to just, um, you know, it depends on what you think it is, and you know, your your life may not be even touched by that person, but for somebody else nearer to them, you know, they they've changed their life changing so. It depends on perspective, so um, yeah. Um, let me do a couple of questions about hip hop numbers just quickly. Uh, how long does it take for you to calculate numbers, and what percentage of your day do you spend on running hip hop numbers? Um, it depends on the album and the and the actual analysis. You know, to do like a unique word analysis, it's not very long. I just cut and paste the lyrics and put them into a word counter. Now, to the the Saba statistics I posted this morning. That's going to take probably 8 to 12 hours. I usually listen to an album three or four times, get a feel of what the artist is trying to say, why they're saying it, how they're saying it, um, and then I will analyze the lyrics. Now, the hardest ones to do are those Uzi ones where I counted how many flows and cadences and uh, when he sings versus rapping. I think those took to do the whole of his discography took about 40 hours because I have to listen to every song at least twice. Uh, that's very difficult to do. The But the longest one has been the Kid Cudi, the Kid Cudi humming one. That was, bro, that was about 60 hours of work. You know, I had to go through his entire discography. I had to listen to every song three separate times. Then I had to count the hums and like I was screenshotting the timestamps. Then I would go back to the screenshot and then i would count how long each hum went for so that's why i did that one because i did get paid a lot of money for that by complex um but uh what was how how what percentage of my day do i spend on hip-hop numbers i wake up about 4 four thirty-five in australia and i work until about 10 or 11 on hip-hop numbers and then i kind of leave it for the rest of the day I, I do reply to comments and stuff during the day on my phone and then I get home or like start working again at about six and go to bed at about nine. So what's that, about eight to 10 hours a day on hip hop numbers. Um, so I spent a lot of time on it. I spent a lot of time on it, you know, and I've been doing this for a really long time now. It's been, I started doing these statistical stuff in like early 2017. So it's been three years. So yeah, that's that's probably how long I spend about ten hours a day, nine hours a day on a on a good day. So shout out to you for asking that question. Um, what else have we got here? We have oh, this is a good one. Lyrics don't matter if the production is fire. Oh yeah, that's kind of the whole. That's kind of like the past five years in a nutshell. <laughs> like like we said this in the producer episode. We said like you know. We're low key in a golden age for producing right now. Like there are so many good producers out there, but like the lyricism just jumps out the fucking window. Like we we yeah, that's not a hot take at all. That's not that's a you know that's that's ice cold to be honest. I feel like that's the whole. I feel like that's the gripe with most for for most of us. Like I wish some of these beats had actual fucking lyrics in them. Like you know the the one I gave all the time was like uh, the 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 ZZ beat. That shit is fire. But boy, is that song boring as shit. Like, it's, you know, that's just one example. But, you know, I think like that's the, uh, I think that's a, a lot of the landscape right now in terms of, especially American hip hop, where it's just like, 
there are some fire producers out there and you know i feel like yeah i've been i've been trying to ask these questions to people who produce about like you know stuff like splice and um you know things like that where being a producer is easy you know we, we talked about this you know i can go on my phone right now you know download a little program make some beats send them out like you know it's it's, it's easy um but yeah i think but some of them just got you know low-key gotten lucky and you know they they've managed to make it into a living which is good but yeah no it if it, it's if there was lyricism in this like it'd be ri- this this whole decade and the next in the decade we're in now the next decade was just it will be absolutely amazing but there but here we are yeah i agree entirely someone asked me if uh travis and playboy cardi are carried by their production and i don't think i certainly don't think travis is um Playboy Cardi, possibly, <laughs> but you know, but but, <laughs> but when we speak about this, it's like we, we, when we're talking about Astro World. Come on, like when everyone's talking about Astro World, nobody's talking about lyrics. Everyone's talking about the vibe or the, the roller coaster, you know, production. You know, that's what, that's what, that's what everyone's talks about. That's the main. That's mean, the main point. If we're gonna zoom way out, like how many artists are gonna? Jay Z is the only rapper who has ever charted an acapella hip hop album. Okay. Black Album, a cappella, charted like 120 on the Billboard 200. Everyone needs a beat. I'm just, I'm sorry, everyone needs a beat. And one of the big criticisms of, criticisms of Nas's career is that he doesn't know how to pick production. And people are saying if he picked the right producers and had the right beats behind him, he would be on par with Jay-Z. So we're talking about like upper echelon lyricists even. And then we're saying, you know, are they carried by the beat as well? Like, Product we we've got we got to remember that production is an essential part of hip hop. Like it's one of the it's it's fifty percent fifty percent. Nowadays it's probably a, I I agree. I think nowadays it's probably sixty to eighty percent. Uh, the production. If you've got a if you've got a fire beat, like we were speaking about, um, what was that album we spoke about a couple of weeks ago? Uh, Public Enemy was it Public Enemy? The artists. Um, and and we both listened to it and we were just kind of like it just didn't hit because the beats weren't. The lyrics were great, but the beats weren't clean. Oh right, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, Forward Future, yeah, 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 yeah. But that was a lyrical yeah, project. Just, yeah, just, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. That was a lyrical project, and the lyrics were great, but the the beats just didn't hit. And um, yeah, I think producers never get anywhere near the credit that they deserve. Like, look at Forty. Like, we always ask this question: Where would Drake be without Forty? I would love to see that landscape. I would be very interested to see that because I just don't think Forty gets anywhere near enough credit. Uh, very for, fun parallel universe. That'd be a weird parallel universe. So yeah, I agree. I, I don't think that's a hot, a super hot take. Um, mm-hmm. Big Sean is the best artist that underperforms in his music. Yeah, yeah. It's it, uh, you know you 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 know my opinion towards Big Sean. Like I I really do think he's good, but like ugh, the projects just oh they just miss so many times it's so frustrating like i really do think he has a classic in him but like brew it's just so annoying it's so frustrating like especially like um after i listened to dark sky paradise um when i was in uni i really enjoyed that i spun that constantly um you know it even though it had like uh that uh what was that song it was always in the clubs I don't fuck with you. Like that—that that was just so. I don't fuck with you. Yeah, that, that... <laughs> you little stupid ass bitch. I ain't fucking with you. You that little, you so... little dumb ass bitch. I ain't fucking with you. I got a million things I'd rather fucking do. 
than to be fucking with you, little stupid ass. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't, I don't, I don't give a fuck, bitch. I don't give a fuck about you or anything that you do. Don't give a fuck about... Bro, that's fire. I'm the one that's had the drink. Why is this... Why is... <laughs> I'm fucking crazy all the time. <laughs> okay, right. So, my point was, even though I like Dark Sky Paradise, there was still... There was still some just cookie cut stuff there, just to you know get the mainstream out there. And you know Third that was one, that was the West. song. Ugh. And then it came to like I decided, and bro, that shit was just dead for me. Like he really? did his delivery on all of it. Oh, his delivery like was so sleepy. I was just like, oh. bro, have you been? Have you been like in a car crash? Like why do you sound weak? Like bounce back. It's like ah, oh, bro, you sound sad. Like. Come on, man, up up the energy. But you know that's just that's just not on that. But yeah, I feel like there's there's always something with Big Sean for me. And yeah, so answering the question is just like yeah, that, that's completely it for me. Like he's, he's great. I I love I love his like demeanor. Like I love his confidence on the mic on the on the writing. He's confident. You know, obviously it can get corny. Can can get a bit too far left field. But yeah, man, if it, if. If he just like has a focused concept of just like something, then it'd be fire. But like I, I don't know. It just, it just every album of his sounds like a mixtape where it's just like I'm just gonna make songs, and you know if they slap they slap. Like it's nice. There's no. I like cohesion, and I feel like if he's cohesive, boy, it can be fire. But I don't know. See. No, uh, his last project was my favorite of his actually because I felt like he actually challenged himself as an artist. I think. He makes incredible singles. Like, I Don't Fuck With You is a great song. Beware is a great song. Um, he's got heaps of great, like, single... I think he's a good single artist. I think All your sometimes, Kanye slaps. Yeah, I think sometimes he drops some uh, just really horrific bars, and it just drags me out. I'm like, bro, what is that yeah. bar you just spat? Like, um... I'm never go, never throwing up anorexic or something. I don't know, man. Just some of his bars are just not not the so planet great. Planet one, it's always in my head. Yeah, planet out. Uh, planet out. <laughs> I guess when your stars align, you plan it out or yeah, some shit. Really got... I'm like, nah, man. What the uh, fuck? Yeah. So in the third verse on "I Don't Fuck with You," it was so funny. I was listening to it with uh, with my partner, and and I, she's like, "Oh, this is a really good song." I'm like, "Yeah, wait till we get to the third verse." And so I'm rapping along to it, rapping. She's like, she's, we're getting into it. And then the third verse, she's just like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, yeah, he always fucks the third verse up. He always fucks the third verse up with some just garbage bars. But yeah, no. He's, that, he, yeah, he, he's just that guy that like, he's, he's like a, pick a sport, right? He's like good at a lot of things. And then he just, and then there's always just that final ingredient. He's just like, just, just kicks it to the curves. Just like, oh my God. Anyway, yeah. That's the Hopefully Detroit 2 slaps. I'm really keen for that new project. Fingers crossed. I'm Fingers really crossed. keen for that new project. Um, someone asked me, I can't find the question now. Oh, here we go. Do you believe Eminem gets too much hate on Twitter? Because outside of Twitter, I've never heard anyone say they don't listen to M- or like Eminem. The man is res- the most respected by MC by every MC in the game. Now, I think a lot of people get really confused about uh, Eminem's hate. And I'll try and explain it a little bit, just from my opinion and what I think is the... Oh, someone asked, what do you think of the extinction of the third verse? I'll hit you with that podcast, bro, because that is a great... That's a fire question, and it's a mm-hmm. great podcast. I'll hit you with that. Um, yeah, throw that link. 
I think the problem with Eminem is that I think I think it's the same like people people telling me Life of Pablo is a classic, okay? And I think Charlie, you even asked me like why are people saying Life of Pablo is a classic album? And when you first when when you're in your formative years as a hip hop fan, right? Everything you listen to that's pretty good is amazing because hip hop is an amazing genre. So all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh my god, like Blueprint Two to me is the greatest hip hop album. It's the first <laughs> hip hop album I ever listened to. I know it's trash. I know that, but to me, hey, that you don't know remix. No, nah, that's fire. That's fire. M O P. Miles of Brian. Oh god, Bro. energy, the energy. Fun but, fun fact. That was a fun fact. That was the uh, uh, intro to my radio show. Oh, shout that out the 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 remix, mm, the instrumental. But yeah, yeah, that's fire. Um, gave me so much energy. So I think what people, I think the problem is, okay, this is the problem. So I grew up on Eminem, but Eminem was absolute objective fire. His first three albums are certified classics. Then it kind of went downhill a little bit. But Eminem has never really made really terrible music outside of Revival. Okay, Revival is not a great project. So if you're yeah. coming up into your formative years in hip-hop at Recovery, at Marshall Mathers LP2, at Bad Meets Evil, at Kamikaze, at Music To Be Murdered By, that's they, they're okay projects, and you're going to think they're amazing because that's, like, that's your introduction to hip-hop. Like I think 10 by LL Cool J is a classic project. Okay? I think that mm-hmm. some of Ja Rule's music is classic because when I grew up, that were the first hip-hop albums I ever listened to. Now I look back and I'm like, meh. So I think why people are confused is because they're like, why is everyone shitting on Eminem? He's a great lyricist. These are great albums. But we're shitting on Eminem. We're not, I don't shit on him, but like we're, we don't like current Eminem because we remember what Eminem was like back then. He was a different artist. And so I think there's this huge disconnect now between Eminem's fans before and Eminem's fans now. And Eminem's fans now think he's the greatest thing that's ever existed. Eminem's fans before think he used to be the greatest thing that's ever existed. And so now they're just Mm. fighting each other. And the problem is when you're really devoted to an artist and you see a lot of people criticizing it, especially if you love it, you get very protective. And you're like, no, that's not fair. Like, I really love this artist. You're being very unfair on him. I don't understand why you're hating so much. And then you just get this fight and everyone's just yelling at each other. And I think that's the problem. Um, And I I just think that's the problem. You know, I think it's the same with Kanye where people uh, were criticizing me for giving uh, Life of Pablo a 7.5 out of 10. They're like, that's a 10. I'm like, is it? I mean, late registration, college dropout, those are 10s. Life of Pablo is a good album, but it's not a 10. What? If that's the first time you ever really interacted with a Kanye West album, you might think it's a 10 because it's a really good album. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, a few things that I can pick out of that. Like, put simply, like, stand culture. Everyone hates Eminem stands. One of the worst everyone fan hates, bases. Everyone hates stands in general. Oh, yeah. But I'm just, I'm just, ca- I'm just categorizing just for the sake of yeah. it. Like, Eminem stands... One of the worst, like we 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 all know this, right? Two meme culture, like some uh, shouts young over saying we don't really like him because he's corny now. So, who 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 do you really think that, or do you just like see in the prism of just like oh someone posted that Eminem's trash on Twitter and then they posted like some of his corny bars or whatever and you're just like, 
oh, he's corny now. Da, 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 da. It's like, no, he's, he's, he's you know, you, you can explain it differently, right? But I feel like there's a, you know, we're going to do this for, we're going to do this for an episode at some point um, in terms of retrospective. But like, you know, I feel like meme culture has really taken a hold of this conversation um, in, ter- in terms of his whole, especially now. Um, and in terms of like, you know, someone talking about, you know, life of Pablo and, you know, they're, 10 years old or whatever and they think it's the greatest thing of all time uh but here's the thing you said you said yourself like you know you can look back at 10 you can look back at blueprint 2 and go like you know i love them because of nostalgia but you know then all that so you know it's just it's just it's just that it's just that um people sometimes don't have that capacity to see something you know later in life and go you know oh that's oh, that's not all that, it's not what I thought it would be, um, or they just don't want to admit it, um, so yes, it's, I think it's, I think, I think it's all them three things, to be honest, I think it's just stand culture, I think people, I don't think people hate Eminem, um, I, th- I just think people hate his stands more than anything, um, and just like the conversation around him, more than actually him, which is interesting, um, I think that just, ask a question about celebrity and all of that stuff but you know we'll not get into that but yeah i think it's one i think it's just a mixture of those three to be completely honest yeah i think that's well Mm. said i think that's well said um Mm. on the topic of kanye someone asked me do you see kanye making another album on par with his you know his best for well basically i guess the first five uh ever again do you think it's possible i mean Daytona exists. I, Remember that Daytona exists. Yeah, but so does Nazir. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got ya. <laughs> that West Side got you back on that. Got you back on that one. Yeah, straight back at ya. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think, well, I think we've answered it. Like, it can be a Daytona or it can be a Nazir or, uh, or, or the, um, or, uh, or, or KSG. Or Tiana Taylor's album, so exactly what are we expected? What can we possibly Who expect knows, from him? Bro. Like it's so unpredictable. I just don't know anymore. I don't really care to know anymore. Um, I'm not on that train anymore. Like if he drops, he drops. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Like he's not going to be in my. He, he, I'm not. I'm not keeping tabs on Kanye. <laughs> okay, the news outlets will do that for me. Um, so yeah, no, no. If he if he drops, um, I don't. Yeah, we don't. Nobody knows. Nobody knows if it's gonna slap or not. Like you know, other than the yes men around him, not a shot. <laughs> I think, I think Kanye is pretty unwell at the moment. I don't think he's well mentally. I think he's really struggling. Uh, I've seen a lot of his interviews and a lot of his public appearances, and he's not making a lot of sense with what he says, and it's really concerning. And I'm, I'm. I hope he's okay. I hope I'm wrong in this. But he doesn't look 100% himself at all. And it's really sad to watch him go down this path. I saw his interview with Big Boy, and that was really co- confronting to watch. Um, there was another interview we did as well, and he didn't really make a lot of sense with what he was saying. And I hope he's okay, to be honest. Um, I don't know whether we'll get another project as good as those early projects. I don't think we will. I don't think we will, but we could in five, ten years. I think Kanye is always going to continue to create. Um, but again, as as Charlie said, like how do we know? We can't possibly predict right now. 
what's going to happen. So Kanye could turn around and release a classic next week. That's what Kanye is. He, he's just like that. Uh, or he could just drop mid for the rest of his career. We just we don't know, man. We, we have no idea. So we just have to wait and see what happens with that. Um, mm-hmm. Someone asked me, is Logic a better artist than Drake? Uh, oh, I really want to make an argument about this. Um, that's a, you know, it's a great question to be honest. Like, <laughs> what? It's a great question. It's a great question. Because, bro, like, like, okay. I feel like Logic has the best project out of them too. And I'll make an argument for two, to be under, honest. Under but pressure? That's, but that's, under just, pressure. that's just me, and I'm adding some hearation in that. I'm is that just under pressure? I'm qualify that. Under yeah, under pressure. pressure, and to me, the Incredible 2 story is up there as well. Um, but we can debate that. But, um, yeah, but the bad, the worst of all, both of them, like, Logic has, like, maybe two of those, at least, like, a minimum two of them, <laughs> until we get to a Drake project. So, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting scoring um, in my head uh, with my qualifying of hateration, but uh, yeah, no, I'm joking. It's, it's not a sort of contest. Obviously, it's, Drake's clearly better in one fashion, but I would listen to Logic more than Drake, and that's just me. So yeah, yeah, everyone should know how I feel about Logic at this point. I think Under Pressure was a really good project. I really enjoyed that project. I just think he's fallen off dramatically, way more so than Drake. Uh, I don't know what is going on with Logic at the moment. I think, you know, someone said to me he's a really good technical MC, and I agree entirely. I think he's a great technical MC, but it's it's what you do with that technical ability, and I, I just don't, you know, I, I don't think... <sighs> I think he's too talented for his own good. I would actually think that. I think that's a thing where, like, he's just so talented, like, and he's, you know, he likes to say he's come from the mud, and you know, we get that, but it's fact. And the fact that he's gotten to this point, and we can know his talent, we've seen his talent. Um, I just think he like tries to outsmart too much. Like he, he, uh, he, he well, we all know this. He does too much. Exactly, he contradicts himself. He he he, he just does too much. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think that's kind of that's my that's my qualm. I think he just he is supremely talented, but I think just he can't like I don't want to say like tone it down, but just like um, yeah, just overthinking. I think I think he overthinks a lot. He's just like, oh, I'm gonna do this. Oh, I'm gonna do this. Like he, you know, um, I think uh, the artist for the artist that does his artwork, Sam Spratt. I think he said like uh, in a Q and A that I saw a while back. He said like, um, Logic has has like the next four albums already lined up. Like he knows the names, he knows the concepts, he knows, you know, he's he's ahead of the game in that front. But I think it's just too much thought. It requires too much thought. Like you know, I have ideas in my head, right? I have, I have a T. I have like two TV pilots. I have like a, two features in my head. Um, I have a whole other thing in my head. <laughs> like I have podcast ideas, but it's a matter of like, there's a matter of juggling, right? And I feel like he just does a little too much for his own good. 
Um, but when you're dedicated to, like, you know, to the art form, like, clearly he is, um, I just think it just, I think it just goes too far, and, um, you know, we've, we've seen that in certain bars, won't mention which ones, but, um, yeah, I think, I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of his problem, he's just too talented for his own good, if that's such a thing. Yeah, well said, um, I've, I've, I've doused Ben's light, because he was about to go off. (laughs) The lighter flick. It was almost a lighter flick. There, he was he was about to he was he, he was like I'm, dousing I'm, himself with gasoline. I was like, no, Ben, let me say. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware of our time constraint, and I want to answer this this question. I want to ask okay. this question before we go. Um, yeah, let's get another uh, five minutes. Someone asked me, uh, what are the five albums since 2010 that are must listen? Someone asked me because they said that they haven't really been listening to hip hop post 2010. They said, what are the five albums? Post two thousand and ten, that are must listens. Right, that's that's um, a, that's a layered question. Uh, let, let, let's break this down. So, so from two thousand and ten to now, that's a layered question because <laughs> my head first went to like, what are the defining albums of this decade? Or right, yeah. because because at first I was like, oh, my beautiful dark is the fantasy, but then I thought, but that hasn't really influenced this decade. You know, yeah. it, it's a it's a it's a real nineties album that. It's not a massive 2010s album. Then I was like, oh, Daytona. But then again, I'm like, again, that's a real 90s album. I viewed everybody else just thought Kanye albums. Like, the first two people mentioned Watch the Throne. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Such a... I mean, it's a good pick, what? but like, I'm it's just like, album. why is that the first one? To Bimba Butterfly mm. is a great shout. I think To Bimba Butterfly is the first lock for me, personally. Um, I think that's just duh. Um, fuck. People can kill I mean, me for this, but I'm gonna say. I think Joe you'd Sprite. say. You, I was you. I was just about to say you're gonna say DS2. DS2. <laughs> I was by just future. about to call it. <laughs> that is All a right. defining trap okay, album. You know of what? This you know what? Let's do this. Let's let's pick two, and we'll have T-Pab as our as our joint lock. Right. So okay. we have the we have the first one right there, T-Pab. You pick two more, and I'll pick two more. Okay, I'm gonna say Dirty Sprite Two by Future. Okay. You go one. Oh, fuck! <laughs> I was gonna allow you to do. This. <laughs> I'm trying oh, to think. No. That's why I, I need to like. I need to like. I need my phone, man. I need to like look up some shit. <laughs> I could do it with my laptop. But I don't. I can't be asked. Um, <sighs> I don't want to add another Kendrick project. Cause that's just like a bit easy. Um, my second is definitely gonna be Care for Me by Saba. I think that. Oh, Tyler's a good comp. Tyler Igor is a great <sighs> shout. Fuck. So, so the reason See, I'm, I'm, gonna... I'm think, I can't think outwards. I keep thinking inwards. Like yeah, I can same. think of like good albums that I enjoy, but I'm just like, what would Take like care. people Take care. should fuck with? Well, the reason I'm going to put Damn, care, for hard. Me, care, care for me, I think for someone who stopped listening to hip hop in like the early 2000s is just going to be like, whoa, this is really emotional and deep and powerful. Like I, you only got that from Scarface back in the day, and X a little bit. Yeah. Thinking actually, that's a good way to think about it. Like thinking about it from someone who hasn't, who did not listen to like so for their last album in two thousand and was two thousand uh, a two thousand nine album. That's I think that I think that helps in my. This is too. This is too. Igor is a great. <laughs> Igor is a great shout. Whoever said Igor, I might use Igor there because that is a fucking great shout. That that just exemplifies how diverse hip hop can truly be in this 
this decade? Like, I don't think there's anything like that except the love below from previous decades. Um, I'm going to say, uh, okay, I'm going to say Dave's psychodrama and, uh, <sighs> I'm tossing up between like maybe something like, uh, uh, Prime. Cause I want to like say that, you know, hip hop that you knew before is still here kind of thing. Cause I, I'm, cause you, you've, you've kind of locked up the evolution kind of market. So I'm trying to think of something else. So like, I think Dave psychodrama is a great shout. Um, for me personally, I'd say that. Um, and I was thinking of something else. Uh, but yeah, I'll probably go with something like Prime. I think like I think like a good duo album. Some people said like you know uh, Pinata and stuff like that. All American Bat. Oh, you know what? Instead of that, instead of Prime, 1999 Joey Badass. There you go. Mm. Can we talk go. about yeah. this for a second? Because I have a hot take, oh, and I'm going to say that All American Badass is Joey's best project. You're wrong, but sure, go off. <laughs> But it's so... It's everything. It's great. I love it. I love it. Yeah, Actually, someone just great. said Swimming. That's a great shout, too. Swimming is a great album. Swimming, that's a great shout, actually. Yeah, yeah. well said. Well said. But I feel like that's... I feel like that's something you need to be in, into Mac. Like, you need... Like, we talked about it, obviously, in Mac episode. But, like, if you're going to listen to, like, Swimming, like, it'll be... It'll, it'll be... The, the, the heights of that will be so exponentially better if you listen to this previous stuff. You know what I mean? That's very true. That's very true. If you listen to that off rip, you're just like, it's okay. But like this, the the back the back catalogue like makes it like what it is. But yeah, Divine, um, yeah, nineteen ninety nine and uh, psychodrama. Yeah, Divine Feminine would be better like introduction oh, to Mac. Fine. Like if you just started with Divine Feminine and and you yeah, didn't yeah, have yeah. any backstory, that would be um, yeah. Circles is a great project. Circles is a great project. Um. <sighs> We're gonna run out of time, bro. We've got like eight minutes left. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. I think we'd uh, finish up right there. To be honest, um, we get, let me I just ask so. one more question because this one's interesting. What are some older rap artists you don't feel get enough credit for how influential they've been to the current sound of hip hop? Now, I would immediately say Little Wayne. But I think sound. every. I think everyone gives Little Wayne the credit he deserves. I'm gonna say Andre Three Thousand and CeeLo Green. Ooh, CeeLo Green, good shout. Okay. Andre Good 3000 show. Andre 3000 with Love Below, bro, that's the Bible. And we could say Lauren Hill as well. We could say Lauren Hill as well. I was going to I was well when you said uh, you I was going to just name like a bunch of throwbacks, but like you said like in terms of like the current and the current landscape. Um Most Def, good shout. I'd say Most Def, uh, Lauren Hill for sure. Um Cool G Rap for the Mafioso sound coming back. Yep. Shout out to Cool G Rap and DJ Polo. Like, if if you guys like Griselda and all of them lot, Pusha T, all of them, all that Coke rap, go to Cool G Rap. Fucking genesis of that shit. Trust me. Trust me. So, yeah, probably those three. Um, Erica Badu, good shout. Erica Badu's a good shout in terms of, like, a, especially R&B. Um, I think a lot of R&B artists, like, uh, just take um, Badu's, um, I guess, just general uh, demeanor. Um, in terms of just like uh, you know Zen and stuff like that, yeah, Janae Iko. There'll be no Janae Iko with, uh, without America Badu. So yeah, um, KRS is a good shout. Um, I'd say I'd say in terms of like the common like sounds and the common uh, well 
Common's a good shout as well. In terms of like the current artists, I don't think uh, I think people like I think a lot of British hip hop artists go off Common. Um, shout out to like Lil Connor in them. Um, but uh, in the US, I don't think Common's that um, prevalent in terms of the inspiration factor. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, yeah, I think in the UK for sure, Common is a is fucking up there. I think lots of UK hip hop artists listen to Common. It's so obvious in their music. Um, Lil Connor, Kofi Stone. Um, you know, people like that, but, um, yeah, I think, like, Lauren Hill, Cool G Rap, and Mo's Def, I think there's those three for sure. Yeah, I want to speak on CeeLo Green just very quickly, because... Yeah, he was one that, because that was a good show. <laughs> he was one of the first artists to really do the dual artistry. I know Queen Latifah was doing it as well, but CeeLo took it to a whole other level. Like, he would just sing, and then he would spit, and then he would sing, and then he would spit. I mean, he was spitting next to Andre and Big Boy, and then, yeah, singing. Like, it's it, he was an unbelievable artist, and I really don't think he gets the credit he deserves. He was still dropping... I mean, what were those joints he was doing with uh, DJ Danger Mouse, um, Niles Barkley? Niles Bro, those Barkley, are, yes. Those are classics. <clears throat> How are they not classics, you know? Like, <clears throat> this guy is a freaking legend. <clears throat> so, someone said T.I. That's a good shout, actually. T.I. Um, just with the trap music. Um, yeah, but that's, yeah, that's easy. That's easy. So yeah, CeeLo Green. So I think we can end there, man. We can, we yeah, man. All right, we'll, we'll end it there. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, this has been Digging Digits Anniversary Edition. Um, hope you've enjoyed this episode, chopping up. Thanks to everyone on IG Live coming through. Thank you so um, much. It's been, really it's been great. Um, for any really of those opinions, it's a, it's a great shout. Um, and yeah, if you guys want us to do this again, let us know. Um, we have been thinking about um, in terms of just like general future, like live streaming stuff. And uh um, this might be a good temporary avenue before we actually find a proper avenue in terms of live streaming. But uh, yeah, man, let, let us know. Let us know for sure on that front. Uh, but for now, uh, we will leave it there. Uh, I've been Charlie Taylor of the Fifth Element. I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers. Thank you so much to everyone I've who actually drinking. came into our Instagram live, man. You guys are legends. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Namaste, elbows and namastes and all that. Uh, hope you all have a good week. Uh, we shall always, always try and do the same. Wash your hands. And keep fucking away from people, man. I seen people on the beaches the other day. You taking a piss. Fuckers, man. Like, you lot complaining about you ain't got, you ain't got your lives back. Fuck off out of the beach. You know what? Let me do this. That's a Waskid episode, anyway. Wash your hands. Be chill. Be chill. Do your things. You know what to do. Trust, uh, uh, trust your peoples. And, uh, until next time, take it easy. Alright, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show was edited by me. Music for this show, piece from video games by bonus points. Thanks to Chocolate Records for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and Chocolate Records will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been a Fifth Element Podcast Network and Hip Hop by Numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending the time with us, and we shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits. Digging in the Digits.